Hello and welcome to Season 5 of the LuxCast, where we explore the intersections of Christian faith, culture, and our lives. My name is Chuck DeGroote, professor at Western Theological Seminary. The theme of this season is public theology, as we engage in dialogue about topics that affect both the church and society. Today's guest is Dr. Deanna Thompson, professor of religion at Hamline University in St. Paul, Minnesota, and author of Glimpsing Resurrection, Cancer, Trauma, and Ministry. Dr. Thompson was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer in 2008 and is currently in remission. WTS student Caitlin DeVries sat down with Dr. Thompson to discuss how faith is experienced through the trauma of serious illness and what connections she sees between cancer stories and the Christian story. Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for being with us. My pleasure. Yeah. Um, So in your book, Glimpsing Resurrection, Cancer, Trauma, and Ministry, you talk about the importance of creating spaces of breathing room Mm -hmm. for people who are living with cancer Mm -hmm. and other serious illnesses. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm wondering, um, where do you see in our culture, maybe especially in our Christian culture, that we are not creating these spaces? And why do you think it's so important to make space for breathing room? a good question and and I think it's not it's not that everywhere there's no space Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, but I think I think there's pressure by people of faith to feel like if you're faithful that means you experience the presence of God all the time and Mm -hmm. if you're faithful there's not a lot of room for doubt and I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure where all of these messages come from but I think there's a lot of pressure to feel that way even when churches might not be saying something like that Mm -hmm. Um, and so um, I think we want to try to help uh, churches and Christian communities in general to, to be more attentive to the ways in which people feel that pressure when something awful happens and they're experiencing this kind of turmoil uh, that we give permission to mm-hmm. um, speak like the psalmist speaks and say, I don't know where you are God and mm-hmm. and say that this is part of our tradition this is actually a pretty big part of our tradition um, and there's permission to have those feelings to uh, be angry to question to wonder why mm-hmm. um, that's always been a part of the tradition mm-hmm. so I think um, yeah creating breathing space is is an important thing for us to work on yeah so in your book, you name at least that part of the solution to create this kind of space mm-hmm. is to view cancer and other serious illness in light of trauma. Mm-hmm. You even use language of PTSD, that people yeah. with cancer have a form of PTSD. Mm-hmm. How does it help to mm-hmm. view cancer and serious illness in light of trauma? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've lived with cancer for 10 years now, and only one time has someone ever used this language with me and Mm -hmm. I was asked to be part of a project a few years ago that looked at trauma and Christianity through a variety of situations like war and refugee crisis etc and illness was one of those Mm -hmm. and the more I started getting into the trauma literature the more I realized that it really helped me better understand my life and I think both the cancer story and the Christian story, we really, um, they really push toward a kind of res- resolution mm-hmm. that um, living with cancer, it's like you're fighting a battle and you win or you lose. And in Christianity, 
things can be awful, but there's hope because there's resurrection, there's resolution. Mm -hmm. And trauma literature really um, helps us understand, my friend Shelley Rambo in Boston says that trauma is the suffering that remains. Mm. And so what I have found talking to other people who live with serious illness and in my own situation is that sometimes it's when you get over a hurdle of a lot of treatment and people are celebrating your 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 winning right and yeah. but you you don't feel like that you still feel really undone um, mm -hmm. another way that people describe trauma is an invisible wound and I think that um, the literature helps us get more clear about how people continue to suffer mm -hmm. um, with things like life-threatening illness um, and but that is often not visible. Mm -hmm. And I don't think our narratives that we tend to use about illness um, really help make space for that. So mm -hmm. I think the trauma literature, trauma language, and talking about what that is and how the suffering continues, sometimes for years, sometimes for the rest of people's lives, um, can help us be more attuned to mm -hmm. the long-lasting effects that people who live with chronic illness, serious illness, um, face. Yeah. So you've spoken a little bit already about how in the, we, we <laughs> tend to jump in the Christian story to mm -hmm. resurrection, to, um, to this kind of like up, upbuilding, right. life-giving. Right. Um, but you also name that there are places in the Christian story that, that create this kind of space. Right. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Where are the spaces in the Christian story mm -hmm. in scripture and also mm -hmm. in the wider kind of church tradition? Yeah that leave these spaces? Yeah, I, I think I've been gravitating toward those spaces more in the past decade and realizing how many spaces there are that kind of validate these experiences. So mm -hmm. I'm interested in helping people see that um, questioning God and lamenting and experiencing God's absence is actually very much part of the experience of faith. Mm -hmm. and. One of the places that a lot of people go and I go to is the Psalms, right? And 150 Psalms and 60 of them are lament Psalms. That's 40%, it's almost half, right? Yeah, right. Um, and we don't really talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, and Psalms, the book of Psalms is a book of praises and praise then includes wailing and it mm -hmm. includes lament and it includes space to be undone by illness, by other awful things that happen. So. Uh, I've, I've found the Psalms really, really significant. And I think, too, that the, the way we talk about it, we tend to gravitate toward the ones that sound really hopeful. Mm. Like Psalm 23 is, is definitely where a lot of us go. But I would turn to Psalm 22, mm. <laughs> which is right next to Psalm 23, right, and say, um, I think this is a really important one to be thinking about when you're undone by illness and other awful things. I also, I mean, Job is of course another place a lot of people go. One of the things that's become important to me in reading the story of Job is the way in which it helps us see the toll that um, being undone, and Job also becomes ill. He loses many things, but he also becomes ill to the point where his friends don't recognize him, mm -hmm. right? And that's, that can be an experience of a lot of people who are living with really serious illness, where yeah. people don't recognize you or they're shocked at how different you look. Yep. Um, 
And Job and his wife really are not on the same page. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that is really, when you look at the literature about the toll that illness takes on people's lives, I think the story of Job and where his wife says, you know, curse God and die, and Job rebukes her right away, and then the next chapter he's saying, I wish I had never been born, right? Yeah. And, and that, I, I find that that maps really well the way in which spouses, um, people in intimate relationships with someone who's sick are often really not on the same page. And so it affirms the really human experiences of, of what it's like to have an illness upheave your entire life. Mm -hmm. um, so I find that these stories in scripture help us, um, they validate that this is a, a human experience and that um, people of faith have struggled with this mm -hmm. for millennia. <laughs> yeah. And that, that God is there. Yeah. So how do you think, um, in light of these spaces that mm -hmm. are already in the Christian story and scripture and mm -hmm. in our tradition, um, what do you, what do you envision? What could it look like in worship, yeah. um, in relationship with each other as faith communities? Mm -hmm. um, how can we uh, support each other, support yeah. those with serious illness and their families, mm -hmm. um, and create those kind of spaces? Yeah. What would that look like? I know, I think that's it's a great question and a really important one. And I think, uh, obviously, the liturgical calendar offers a lot of space for mm -hmm. lament and for um, being attentive to grief. I think uh, when we think of Lent, of course, um, mm. but I think sometimes too those experiences, so for me in living with cancer, uh, the cancer broke my back in two places and my back was very quickly turning to ash. And so the mm. first time Ash Wednesday came around after my diagnosis, I couldn't make myself go to church mm -hmm. and hear, you are dust and to dust you shall return because yeah. it felt like my back was turning to dust, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that churches create spaces and then also know that people who are undone by illness and other awful things might not be able to be there. <laughs> um, but I also think, I mean, just recently been through Advent again and I'm just really struck with the wider culture and Christian culture about um, Christmas being so much in our culture <laughs> and the emphasis on the hap happiest time of the year mm -hmm. and how joyful it's supposed to be. But of course, Advent originally is a time of darkness and a time of waiting. Mm -hmm. And I think reclaiming um, Advent and its intended meaning is a really countercultural move. Mm -hmm. um, but it also really speaks to, I feel like one thing cancer's done for me in the past 10 years has made me a lot more attentive to the suffering that other people have in their lives. Um, and the time leading up to Christmas and Christmas when you're, you've lost a loved one or your life is so much different than it was the year before, it's a pretty, can be a pretty excruciating mm -hmm. time of year. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the church really can offer um, a space where it says we're not going to just follow that cultural sense of it's all so beautiful and so fun and so mm -hmm. awesome. So I know some churches are starting to do blue Christmas services, yeah. right, to mm -hmm. um, say we know, we know this is a really hard time. Um, and so I think churches 
practicing this lament, not just at those times where the calendar says that, but regularly, right? Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. one of the things I think that pe a lot of people say is, I don't know what to say to somebody mm -hmm. when their life has become undone. I mean, it's, none of us know what to say, right? Yeah. But I think practicing psalms of lament, saying them out loud as a mm -hmm. congregation, gives us some words, um, mm -hmm. gives us ways to approach that. And so I'd say, be including lament psalms in worship, be including yeah. prayers that talk about, that name some of these awful things that happen to people. Yeah, um, making it a part of yeah. a regular rhythm kind right. of brings it to the forefront, right. makes it a part of the natural kind of that's way of right. speaking. Yeah. And that's then, that's how Christians talk about things, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's the language we use. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot of churches do this already, but I think I think we could use more. So my final question for you um, then is the theme of the LuxCast this season mm -hmm. is public theology. Mm. So I'm wondering, how do you think, how do you think living in this way um, as faith communities mm -hmm. um, or as Christian people could amplify our witness to the world, the way in which we mm. engage um, the, the larger culture? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, increasingly, the students I teach are not religiously affiliated, mm -hmm. right? And I... So I think about um, how to talk to them about these issues for many of them are skeptical mm -hmm. of religion or they've grown up in it and they, they've left it right now. Maybe they'll come back. Um, and one of the things I say when we talk about the Odyssey, um, the first thing I say is I think the one of the main reasons that people who are religious are religious is that the stories and the the explanations and the way the religion talks about suffering and being undone is a comfort right mm. and it also helps understand that helps people understand that the suffering is not all there is mm. and then I say I think the main reason one of the main reasons why people who aren't religious aren't religious is because they hear these explanations or ways in which religious people talk about suffering and hope and they don't buy it <laughs> right? They yeah. think it's too simple. It, it denies my grief. Mm -hmm. it, um, it denies the reality that I see all around me. Mm -hmm. And so I think by churches and, and Christian theologians and other people kind of um, bringing these issues to the fore, I think helps, I find with my students too, they, they think that's really authentic and that, that is living in the space that I'm living in, or it's affirming all of these things that I thought religion couldn't make space for, or mm -hmm. couldn't hold. Um, so I think it's pretty important to the witness of that um, it's not denying what I think most of us see as a big part of what it means to be human. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a worry from a lot of people who stand right on the outside right now, as they think, there's not a space for me because I, I, I doubt, and there's not a space for me because I can't make sense of this suffering. Mm -hmm. um, because I think religious people make sense of it and it can explain it, and mm -hmm. it all is very tidy. So yeah, I think it's I think um, making more space for trauma and paying attention to these issues and being more out front, um, I think helps legitimate 
to the wider culture more what mm -hmm. we're up to. That the Christian story can and does leave right. these spaces for unanswered right. questions, right. for for wondering and mm -hmm. for limit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for being with us <laughs> today, and blessings to you Thank and you. in your ministry. Me too.